Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistpodcast.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is TJ Carter from The Average Joe Geek Show, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Pop Culture Con. What year? Doesn't matter. We're always the unofficial. That's right. <laughs> uh, I am Ryan. With me is... Zach. I thought I was going to say Joe Cool. Oh, and no. Not quite as cool, Brad. Uh, Brad, you're really cool. You made a cool GIF. Yeah, I did. Or GIF. GIF. Or GIF. GIF. It, it's GIF, but I know it, it's dumb, so I'm going to call it GIF. Cool. <laughs> Choosy moms choose GIF. <laughs> I'm going to call it a GIF. <laughs> a GIF. Choosy brads choose GIF. <laughs> what, yeah. is, what is GIF short for? Graphics interchange format. Okay, see, I learned something new today. Right on. But yours looks cool. But you don't say giraffics interchange <laughs> format, do you? <laughs> That's why it's GIF. So why did the creator of the GIF want to pronounce it that way? Well, probably because he's a dick, I guess. Yeah, what he, a dick. He had, he had a jar of Jif peanut butter, but the peanut butter was smeared on it to make it look like a G. As you guys know, that's my favorite way to communicate on text message. <laughs> Just send a <laughs> bunch of Gifs back and forth. You send that one of Peter Griffin hanging himself a lot. A Classic. Lot, a I know. I, I keep that actually in my folder <laughs> um, because when I don't know something or I'm annoyed, I always send that one. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's my go to one. You know, that's the natural evolution of us in high school, like quoting Simpsons references. Totally. Like we'd all just we always describe how we were feeling or what situation was going on by just reciting those scenes from the, that show. And now it's evolved into someone's actually taken the clips. Yep. And that's how you respond is like this. I'm relating to this like this. It's modern hieroglyphics, guys. That's right. Yep. Yep. We're all classy. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, Zach and I saw The Upside. Brad, you saw it previously. And I re-saw it last night. Oh, you so. did? Nice. Yeah. Previously. Yeah. I figured two months ago, I was probably a little foggy on it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so well, we'll be talking about The Upside and uh, tell you if you should see that or The Untouchables. I mean, if you want to see a French film. <laughs> no. That's French for no. <laughs> saw it a while back. It was fun. The crowd loved it. So do you ever go, like, go to a place and 
you ask someone for help and they should know what you're asking them and they really annoy you. Mm. Let me give you guys a little scenario about what happened to me yesterday. So uh, I um I'm going around the mall and I need to um update my Game Informer subscriptions for my um for uh GameStop because I want I like the magazine. I don't want their fucking digital version. Send me the printed version. You got that, GameStop? Quit trying to sell I me on the fucking digital my, version. I need to hold it in my hand. I That's don't know, right. I don't need an e-book. Um, so anyways, I was there, and I had some store credit that I haven't used. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I really want the new uh, Mario and Luigi Inside Bowser story um, that they re-released on the 3DS. It came out on the DS, but they like souped it up. Like If you haven't played uh, Mario and Luigi um, Superstar Saga that they re- redid, is, it's amazing. Um, so anyways, I really love those games. I said, you know what? I'm just going to get that while I'm here. I'll just use my credit. Don't care. Um, and that'll give me something to play on my 3DS. And so I got, I went there and I said, hey, I'm looking for um, Mario and Luigi, um, Bowser's Inside Story. She's like, yeah, we have it right here. I said, oh, no, no, not for the DS. I want the one that includes like Bowser Jr.'s adventure. And it's, it just came out like two weeks ago. And she goes, no, it didn't. Okay, well, I uh... guess I'll just be renewing my subscription. And she's like, hang on a second. And she goes in the back and she said, oh, we just don't have any. I said, so you're trying to sell me games and you don't know what games are coming out. I'm good. I'm good. So I took my Mega Man action figure and I left. You know, like everybody I've met who's worked at a GameStop, like they know their games. Is it just the people working there now? Like, do they all just play Call of Duty or something and that's it? And it's not that she wasn't nice. She was really nice. It's just you should know the games that are coming out. And that's not even especially when they're two weeks old. Yeah, and, and that's not even um, an obscure game, you know. One, because you know now you're in the life cycle of a PlayStation Four, where you see games that come out and go, "What in the hell is this?" Because they, you know, the dev kits have gone down, and anybody can develop a game for it now. This is a Mario game that is literally promoted by and Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't, doesn't release a ton of games, you know. Their, exactly. their release list is short <laughs> <laughs> because they make quality games. Yeah. So yeah, so no. that that was my adventure, and this lady didn't know. What Mario and Luigi inside Bowser is. This is it just, it's a great game if you pick it up. I haven't got, any, I haven't got the remake yet, so I've been playing Resident Evil 2. Oh my gosh. So great. Every time I go to GameStop, I get annoyed when like I ask a question and then they like over explain the, the answer mm-hmm. to me. And it's like, I know they don't know that I've worked there, but I've also told them that I've worked there. Like, hey, I, I used to work <laughs> at a store like this. And then they just go on and yeah. on about how the process works. I'm like, I, I got it. I'm good. And I must be an anomaly, too, because I'm not a big fan of those Call of Duty games because I don't have time to devote to getting really good at uh, first-person shooters. And you hate Mountain Dew. And I really hate Mountain <laughs> Dew. That's another reason. But, you know, you go online and you can't – like, I don't understand what the fuck Fortnite is. And I was reading... The, uh, it's the game of the year, according to every internet meme I've seen ever of people getting angry about that. Yeah, uh, well, because it technically came out in 2017, and everyone's like, who's 2018 game of the year? Is this the crossroads where we're like we're officially like old and out of touch with the youth? Well, see, I don't think it is, because here's the thing. is, <laughs> I mean, I'm stupid. I'm not going to say I'm sitting there like, I'm. oh, look how smart I am. We have an audio I, recording of that, him saying that, by the way. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not... Uh, you know, Mortal Kombat comes out, the new one comes out in April. So I pre-order the deluxe edition. I know I'm paying like another $30 to get characters that they private, you know, whatever. Don't care. Um, but Fortnite, I was reading um, the letters page, speaking of in Game Informer for their Game of the Year edition, which was God of War, which is an amazing game. But, uh, and I'm reading it and this guy says, oh, Fortnite has to be the Game of the Year. I mean, I've spent like $400 on it. I'm like, what the hell do you spend $400 on in that game? And then I did purchases. So- yeah, I I did some research. It's to get weapons and dance moves and costumes. 
Wait. So it's free to play unless you want better guns, better costumes and dance moves. I don't even know what the fuck the dance moves are. I know uh, Carlton's suing them because they have the Carlton in it. Wow. This. Hey, kids like it, man. I, you know? Whatever. I I'm do. just awful video, at them. Video games were designed for children initially, so I guess that's the standard for it. Um, I, I would disagree with that. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Families, because Pong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, like, seems like everybody enjoys it. Yeah, John, I don't know what it is, though. John Carpenter, in an interview for, um, uh, for when he, they were doing press for the Halloween remit, or reboot, he was just like, oh, I love Fortnite. I love it, man. I dig it. That and the NBA game. I love that. <laughs> well, I don't know what you do in Fortnite. Is he just run around and shoot? Yeah, like that's what I can't get. Is like I see action figures on the shelf mm-hmm. and like the game cases, and I can't tell what the game is until someone says, like, oh, it's a first-person shooter. But I'm like, aren't there other first-person shooters where like, you buy stuff in the game and then like expand your yeah, I, someone look? Ex- and... Someone explained it to me, and I don't know if this is right because, again, I'm not the gamer here in the room, but they said it's like the purge. Like Essentially, it's like you're defending yourself from people invading So it's like household. a fortress game. Yeah, I guess so. Where you're a team. I, I don't know. I, so I really like um, single-player uh, adventure games, whether it's Mario. I think Mario Odyssey is one of the greatest games that's come out in forever. Um, but the new Resident Evil is amazing. If you have an opportunity to pick it up, pick it up. Because it's a remake of Resident Evil 2, which is uh, me and my friend Adam, we used to play in high school. It came out in 98, so right when I was a junior in high school. And we would each take turns on how fast we could beat it. And I think I I have, I have, think I beat him by the fastest time, by like three minutes. And if you could beat the whole game, so it was on two discs. If you could beat the whole game with just one save, so I mean you go through the whole first disc without saving. And you have to save it to get to the second disc. So you make it all the way to the second disc and you don't save it again. Then you get to play as a big piece of tofu with a knife. And you have to beat it in under like three hours too. Did they remake it for the GameCube or is that just one and zero? One and zero. Uh. So you can, I mean, now you can get every single Resident Evil game on PS4. Uh, PS4. They just put out the, well, I guess two years ago they put out the. And they're all re, they're all remade. Uh, no. So they put the GameCube remake out on PlayStation, I think two years ago, which is still a really great game. Holds up really well. Zero is okay, um, but then they have they don't have three, but they have four, five, and six, and well, seven, and then they just did remade um, two. There's a there was an article that I was flipping around and it said that if like if fans really want it, they'll put three out. So. They should, yeah, because it's awesome. It's cool. They make zombies scary, and they have this new um, targeting system that if you shoot like their hands, their hands blow off, and um, so you can affect them. If even if you have like a handgun. So lately, instead of shooting for their heads, I'll take out their knees and then I'll pop them in the head because <laughs> a headshot doesn't always kill them in Resident Evil. So you have to have a really nice headshot. So take out their legs. They crawl around. And I just pop them in the head. There's blood and guts. It's awesome. Yeah, I need to. My, I've, I've said I kept I keep saying it, but I need to get it like a PS4 soon and like start playing yeah. some games again. You probably should. Or at least games that I want to play. I'm not necessarily always like grabbing at the things other people like so i mean spider-man's worth the purchases the spider-man's one i want to play <laughs> and then i obviously i want to replay some more uncharted and stuff because i loved uncharted, no, uncharted when I had a PS3. um i bought the friday 13th game but i have no that's, console that's so one. it's just uh, sitting on the shelf waiting for the console anytime you want to come and play it buddy i have it do you think they'll have another price drop in its oh, life yeah. cycle i think because um i th- uh, i've been reading online that their team's already shifting towards ps5 and the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible. So they're working on... Um, so I think a lot of the big games that are supposed to come out this year, I think are going to get pushed. 
So they're so basically it'll be compatible with previous generations. Yeah, which I think I don't know why they got rid of. Well, I, I mean, I read that PS2 and PS3 use a different type of laser, and so to save money, so everyone can adopt the PS4, they got rid of that backwards comp- but the compatibility. Opti- but the optical lens should now be. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, or the optical laser should be. A little well, they're also unusual. forcing you to go digital. So yeah, they yeah. Will, if I probably won't have a disc drive. I hope it does. I'd be sad if it didn't. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I hope Switch you can, doesn't. It's doing fine. Well, yeah, but you can still get the game card, though. I yeah, mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Is like I think the cards like hold more space than a Blu-ray does now. So yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think it, it'd be cool because I mean, PlayStation's all connected through their network. I mean, I wouldn't mind if you could stream the games if it from PS4. If you just had the save files and you could still like access your games that way, I think it'd be cool. I don't know. I like video games. They are fun. But we talk about movies. Yeah, this is primarily a movie podcast. But we're also nerds, so we talk about other things. Real nerds. Yeah. I was really excited. I uh, too, I, I hardly ever trade in comic books, but um, so when I was young, in 19, circa 1995, wow, that, 94, was, that was so long ago. Man. It is. I, I was in, I guess, middle school, just about high school, and at the time, Spider-Man was going through the Clone Saga, and the coolest villain around was Carnage, and... So I got this comic called <laughs> Carnage Mind Bomb, and um, I read it once. I put it in a Mylar protection, and I put it in a, a box, a long box, and never read it again. And I have, actually, I have a divider that says Spider-Man shit comics, where it's like the Venoms, the Carnages, stuff that I, I've i gotten over the years. I'm like, this isn't a good Spider-Man, did and I drop, put it back did there. Did you draw a picture of poop on there? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> And so I I don't know what spurred me, but I was just messing around online and um, I looked and Carnage Mindbomb is selling for like eighty, a hundred dollars because it's such a low print run. And it's written by Warren Ellis, who's a really big comic book writer. And there was an amazing cameo hmm. by Woody Harrelson. Yeah, but he can't write Carnage, apparently. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, this sucks. It sucks. Fuck um, you, Warren Ellis. So I asked my comic guy, Andrew, I said, hey, would you give me store credit for Carnage Mindbomb? And he said, uh, yeah, he said, I'll sell it really fast. He says, I don't think it's that good, but I'll sell it. I said, sweet. So I went down there and um, he looked it over and I got, this is, this is how like excited I got. I got Amazing Spider-Man 24. So it's the second appearance of Mysterio. Amazing Spider-Man 24 for Carnage Mind Bomb. Wow. And to me that it's staying in the box for 25 years. <laughs> it's been worth it. Long-term investment, man. And, Way know, to the, hang in there. The only thing that's a bummer is Mysterio doesn't appear in costume in it. Has like a Scooby Doo ending where Spider Man takes off the mask and it's Quentin Beck underneath because <laughs> he's trying to make Spider Man go crazy and uh, he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that lousy arachnid. <laughs> so yeah, so that's Spider, my Spider Man. That's my nerd story. Is I got enough credit to get Amazing Spider Man twenty four. Wow, Ryan, you're not, so- not the best condition, but to me, it's worth it's priceless compared to it's worth like more than mind carnage mind bomb. Mind bomb is it like just worn or is it like well i mean oh yeah well there's it's old but there's chips in it and the uh, okay. cover has like a little like rip in it but i, I always judge it by if the staples are in place i don't know yeah. why that's my judgment call to, to me when they're old i don't care as much as long as the cover looks decent yeah like if it's um, not too like washed out or freaking yeah chipped away, yeah, yeah that, that stuff to and two i I've been collecting Tomb of Dracula's and I've been actually getting the ones in like lesser condition because I think they look cool because mm-hmm. they're these horror comics and Dracula's always on the cover doing something. And they look like they actually came from Dracula's too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there's like maybe a crease in it or something. Um, I still like the colors to be good, but I think the creases make it look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I told that to uh, George's Gianti, and he said, no, you should get the near mints ones. I'm like, well, I don't have your type of money where I can get a $300 fucking Duma Dracula. <laughs> I have to settle for the $4 one. <laughs> You know what, George? Just keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, George, if you want to give me some money. <laughs> I should ask him to draw a Tomb of Dracula Dracula for me next year. Because it's like a Jack Palance Dracula. He has a little mustache. He's not very sexy. He's just, you know, all 70s style. Cape. Awesome. Anyways, what's happening around town, Brad, in movie world? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Without a moped to go around town, Brad puts on his self-tying Nike shoes. Sweet. <laughs> like Back to the Future kind, right? Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. About four years too late, but you got him finally. The Esquire's still closed. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Guys, help me. <laughs> um, I need the midnight at the Esquire you know, I, again. I was hoping that my wife would have Valentine's Day off because Alamo is having a Shaun of the Dead like beer dinner, and it looks like really good. So the first meal... It's sold out, too, uh, but yeah. I know. I, know. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, hey, do you have Valentine's Day? I said, well, I can see if I can get it out. I said, oh, too late. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the first meal... Uh, course is fried pork belly oh, sounds uh, then it's bangers and mash but they have to drink the three beers i don't i give them to my wife uh-huh. when i did the friday the 13th one i was like nope here's no, six nope. beers for you honey yep uh, merry for, christmas <laughs> see, the, the cool thing i i really if you've never been to a beer uh, party or a, a movie dinner you should really go because mm-hmm. uh when i went and saw friday the 13th they had an interview with victor miller and it was i think the first like the appetizer some sort of like popcorn thing and then the the meal was a hot dog with like chili and French fries. I can't remember. It's like but camp I, food. Yeah, but it, I know I do know the ending was an amazing s'more. <laughs> I do oh. remember that part. And uh, the beers couldn't tell you. Didn't drink them. Yeah, I, I did the hard target beer dinner and the main course. The I think it was jambalaya. No, right on because Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And no, they've never really good. They've never like duplicated it since that show that I know of. Uh, I wish I could have it. The again. only one that I ever wanted to go to for it was uh, they did Frankenstein 1931 there, um, which is a short film, so I don't think they would have the same. Oh, like, they would. Th- maybe they have the different expediency or something, or they show a short film beforehand, but that's the one I wanted to go to. Did well, sold I out mean, pretty but, quick. But Frankenstein's still 79 minutes or something, isn't it? It's 71 minutes, but there's that's like a, there's short films minutes. you can put in. Like When they were showing a Marx Brothers film there recently, they had to put a, a Three Stooges short in front of it to max out the time limit. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, But so, yeah, I mean, if you have an opportunity to go to their beer dinners or any movie party, they're actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I'll, I'll miss the Jackie Chan. Uh, uh, story one? Yeah, because I'll be in Detroit. <laughs> uh, but I do remember... Um, oh, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> uh, someone did remind me there's a RoboCop statue there, so I might try to oh, seek that out. You yeah, should. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, EFP Blues is back this year at the Bug, so it's a celebration of everything from EFP, Emerging Filmmakers Project from 2018. Cardigan Sorrow is in the lineup, so check it out. Is there a place I can buy a copy of Cardigan Sorrow? Uh, yeah, the Nebus Visions Fan Club store. Okay. Um, it's How cur- do I get there? Uh, it's, it's, it's not online yet, but, uh, I'll let you know when it is. And is there a place that we can email you if we want a copy of it? Yeah. Uh, real nerds at gmail.com. Okay. That's probably the easiest, or you can try to figure out how to spell nibisvisions at gmail.com. Why don't you spell it for us? Huh? <laughs> Build it for you? No, I said spell it for me. Oh. You're the worst, like, 
self promoter ever. Well, the, if you want to get some really cool no, 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 no. Blu-rays, Here, here, here's when I'm like at the store, and then the person by the counter says, "Like, okay, can I get an email?" I'm just like, "Can we not do this?" Because I have to. Then I have to say N E B N E B U L U S V I S I O N S, and then they're like, "Was that a D or a B?" That's why you make a burn account like me. I have Frost Ryan at Outlook dot com. You can email me there if you want. That's where I put like all my Ticketmaster, all my stupid shit. Because then I, it's easy for me to say. Because even mine, Rod Stew too. People don't know. They always. I, I guess Stewart is a really weird word for people to spell, so they understand that it's correlated. Um, but yeah, so make a burner account. Yeah, well, I think of a cool name. Why don't you just do Hague Brad at Outlook dot com? Oh yeah, let me try to figure, get people to spell Hague right. <laughs> do Bradley H at Outlook dot com. <laughs> is that two G's or two A's or? Yeah. Do do suck at Brad at Gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Brad sucks dick at gmail.com. Is that two K's don't or ask two for C's? my email at outlook.com. Yeah, I don't know. Get bent at fuck you.com. Real nerds is easy. Real nerds at gmail.com. Yeah, you can send it there. I'll check it. Yeah, we check it every, and every I'll time. Forward email, it to my, I'll forward it to myself. <laughs> yeah. So it is connected um, to my phone, so if we get an email, I know. So is it just Cardigan Star playing EF Palooza? Yeah. Okay, right on. So that's the only thing I screened in twenty eighteen that yeah. Right on. Well, you should go check out Carter and Charo. It is really cool. Yeah. Um, it's even cooler on Blu-ray. Yeah, ooh, that's right. Bucks. I got I to... <laughs> I mean, I, I love that. Brad's going to get a lot of my money. When's think... your Van Damme thing going to be done? Because I like the orange case. Yeah. Um... And you said that there was a disc insert issue. Like, you're going to have to buy, like, sleeves for them. Well, yeah, the orange cases are one disc only, but I load up all the special features into Encore, and it says, you know, you've already maxed out a whole Blu-ray with just half the stuff here. So I have to make a two disc thing, and the cases don't hold two discs. So I have to get uh, CD hubs that glue into the cases. Um, so there's that, and then uh, special feature wise, I'm still like going back through all the. I haven't watched the footage since you know four years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm rewatching all that, and I watched like two hours of it yesterday, and then Premiere crashed on me, so I got to watch it again. Fucking Premiere. Um, and uh, then uh. We weren't gonna do. We were only gonna do two music music videos for the soundtrack, but Ben's uh, "Rising Sun" Miyamoto's theme song is just so good that's like it needs a music video. Mm-hmm. So we're holding out to be able to do that. And Ben has this like really cool idea on how to do it, and I'm gonna do animation for it. So cool. I'm gonna say like third quarter 2019. We'll do, we'll do fall 2019. Yeah, fall 2019. So sounds but it, good. Yeah, it'll be the most jam packed disc ever. Yeah. So far, Cargan nice. Sorrow has that title because it's pretty loaded. Nice. Nice. So for 20 bucks, that's a steal. Yeah. Should be more. Hours of content for JCVD DV. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not just taking the extra features. Like, I realized that because I, I did the uh, video a day project throughout the whole year. So I also have, like, at least two seconds of all the stuff that went on behind the scenes. Mm. So I had to go through there and, like, mark each day and what was, like, going on. And so I had, like, this big notepad of all these, like, notes of you know, timestamp this and like, remember like there's stuff I forgot. Like our scouting of this boxing gym that never ended up in the movie. Cause they sold the building, uh, the weekend before we were going to shoot and stuff like that. So it's cool, cool little like behind the scenes stuff that even I forgot. Nice. There you go. So stay tuned for that quarter three, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll only be able to buy that disc from me personally because I can't sell it. Oh, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's a donation. Yeah, I mean, you can't buy it from me. You have to donate to my next project, yeah. and I'll give you. Yeah, so a it's a donation because Brad's working on his epic war saga, and so by <laughs> purchasing this, or I'm sorry, by donating to Nebulous Visions 
Productions, you are helping him further his dream of per- filming a war drama set in uh, the Spanish-American War, which, you know, for the costumes, and all, it's going to take a lot of money. He yeah. was originally going to do Saving Private Ryan, too. We have to go back and get him again, but it didn't plan out, really. <laughs> um, so Spanish-American War, great topic. Uh, before I forget, two more things. When I was watching the behind the scenes of like the premiere and stuff, which I was like, "Oh yeah, Ryan was there because you came up on stage, and shook my hand in the footage." <laughs> Did I? Uh, yeah, uh, good. At the bug one. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I know I went to one. I don't remember shaking your hand on stage though. Uh, but the Alamo afterwards. Yeah, mm. uh, but the Alamo. Like I was so exhausted from staying up the night before for both those screenings that I'm just like, oh, I'm the worst host for like this major event. Like I look so tired. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so when the DVD does come out, I'm going to have a new release party for it. Um, and so like my goal is to, you know, be done weeks ahead of time so that I'm not, you know, so I can well, be a better if host. If you need a host, Brad, I can yeah, help you out. You, you'd and be then, great. And then uh, I can ask you questions. See how easy I got you just talking about your stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I do this for a second living. And then the other thing was, uh, in the Q and a, uh, someone pitched the idea of, uh, like what would a fan damn sequel be for this? Um, and s- someone sparked the Jean-Claude Van Damme's DM summer camp. Nice. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of thinking of doing it. Do it. <laughs> like same characters, but you know, instead of mayor Knob being like the mayor of a city, he's, he's like, like the, the camp. He's like the, uh, Ben Stiller and heavyweights. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where yeah. He's just like the asshole camp counselor. Yeah. And the story's like, you know, the camp's going to get sold unless they can, you know, raise enough funds to, yeah. Instead of like this, you know, do it destroying the love stadium it. plot i love this idea yeah yeah i think i might do it and then right. incorporate friday the 13th stuff into Hell it yeah. <laughs> got to be sweet some meatballs yep yep that'll be fun anyways we talk about movies these are the movies that are coming out on blu-ray next week dvd releases and blu-rays um uh widows is coming to 4k and blu-ray so what number uh, was that on your seven number nine no, Nice Guys was number seven. Mm. <laughs> By 2016. Oh, yeah, your seven is always controversial. It wasn't. It's never controversial. Henry just says that. <laughs> I'm going to tend to lean with Henry on that one. Uh, no, he's, I mean, there was, there's a couple times, yes, where it has been controversial, but, like, he, he was saying I put Princess Bride on one of my lists for, like, 87, and the joke's on him. I didn't. <laughs> um, I do love Henry, though, a lot. I miss him. Um, also, The Girl in the Spider's Web, which looks like it's only getting Blu-ray. Yeah, like it's getting a 4K. I'm really interested to see that because I love the director. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of came out without very much fanfare. Um, but I mean, who knows? Well, it's hard to follow up David Fincher. That is true. Um, uh, Sisters Brothers uh, with uh, John C. Riley and Walking Phoenix. This so bad. I do too. Um, it uh, it didn't really get a wide ish like wh- whatever. I think it was at AMC's. Yeah, but whatever release it had, like it, it was barely promoted. Mm-hmm. Like I barely knew it was there. Um. Also, the Cloverfield Paradox, which dropped on Netflix last so year, weird. is now getting a Blu-ray release. Um, it had it been part of their previous deal. Yeah, so I was like, nope, you got to you got to put it out now. So, um, so yeah, cool. Uh, also, a Private War, uh, which was a film from last year with Rosamund Pike, which kind of slipped its way into the award circuit. So, if you're curious about that, you can check it out. Um, there's uh, a 4K of The Grinch coming out. Uh, Ryan, you said you saw that. Yeah, it's it's all right. Uh, th- there's also got Blu-ray editions, but the uh, the Steel Book is literally just another different picture of the Grinch. Nothing special. Yep, kind of, kind of, kind of silly in my opinion. Um, 
But yeah, and then um, also there. I guess, know that movie made like two hundred and seventy million dollars. I know it's quietly become the highest grossing Christmas movie other than Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, I think it's crazy. Good for good for uh, Scott Moser yeah. who co-directed it, though, man. You know, good for him. Um, uh, and then we're getting some uh, uh, back releases. Charlie, which is Cliff Robertson from Spider Man One. That's right. That's um, right. That's the Flowers for Algernon adaptation. That's right. Um, where he actually he's won a great a, actor. I believe he won an Oscar for it. I can't remember if he did, but I just saw him in something else. I can't remember though. Mm. Anyways, and then uh, Criterion's putting out Ingmar Bergman's Shame. So if you want to watch an Ingmar Bergman movie named Shame, go check it out. I still have not seen this one. Um. And then, honestly, just a bunch of other um, uh, re- reissue stuff coming out. Um, Donnie Brasco, uh, Heart and Souls, In Good Company. Ooh. I think I have that one coming. Uh, it's one of my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movies. Yeah. For if you want, like, I guess, lighter Robert Downey Jr. movie. You, you know what's funny? So I was at work, and somebody donated a sealed copy of the complete series of Ally McBeal. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I was just like... Do I get this and just say now you've got the comp- now you have the whole How much collection? Is it? I they didn't price it yet, so it might it so, might be there tomorrow. So if it's cheap, I want it because I want to complete my Robert Downey Jr. I'll look I'll look for it. I was just like I, I didn't know if it was one of those things where you're just like I don't count Alec McBeal. Well, no. So here's the thing: if it's I don't want to spend you know seventy eighty dollars on it. No. Uh, if you're no. if you're telling me that it's going to be like ten to fifteen bucks. I mean, like and that's worth eight hours of Robert Downey Jr. Depending on how they treat it, it might be like at maximum thirty. But you know, we'll see. Well, I, I mean, I don't price it, so that's they should their fucking call. price it as two dollars. How yeah. can they price that at thirty bucks? And I, you gave me Star Wars for two. It's because they. It's because they don't. They don't. Sometimes they just mass price, and sometimes they actually do their research. So if they mass price, I expect you to follow through with that. <laughs> well, I need my Robert Downey Jr. Can I you just I, get that one season though. Do you I think the whole it's series? In, I think he's in two. He was there for a minute. For a because minute. I think he's there for, I think it's fourth he's in it for a little bit. And then fifth, he's supposed to be like a recurring character, but then he went to prison. So, yeah. Um, we don't know, I, don't I don't know if you know this. I don't you? know. I don't know anything about Ellie McBeal to tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm saying like, I have the soundtrack. Do you need the whole series or just the ones? I, I know more about her parody spinoff, Jenny McNeil, single female <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> I know there's a dancing animated CGI baby in it. Oh, that's right. Uh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That and Thank you for reminding me. I think me. Robert Downey Jr. is in season four. I'm going to go beat my head against know. the wall after remembering that now. <laughs> so, no, I don't need the whole thing, but I also don't want to spend more than, like, ten bucks on it. Well, like I said, like, if, if it were the department that I priced, I, I wouldn't even be talking about it out loud on the air, but <laughs> it's not well, my if department. Well, if it's on the floor tomorrow. I'm going to check. And then check I'm gonna, for me. And then I'm going to be like, please, and then I, please, my friend, he said if I don't get this for him, he's going to hit me. <laughs> And I'll be standing outside in the parking lot. <laughs> Baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'll just have my taser. <laughs> Pick that up for me. Okay. This is abusive power. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just a cop. Torn, my job. torn between my loyalty to the boss and my loyalty to the law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's Blu-rays. For the next yes. 30 minutes, I don't have a badge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off duty. <laughs> Guess what? I don't have jurisdiction here. <laughs> In a world where Frost has gone rogue. <laughs> rogue Frost. Rogue Frost. It's like Jack Frost, but rogue. Where does your jurisdiction end in Idaho Springs? Um, uh, exit 243. So where you know where the Central City Parkway is? Yeah. It's about 150 yards east of that. So if the criminal gets away and you hit that line, do you just come out, throw your well, head on no, the ground and go, dang uh, it! <laughs> I wish. No, in... Um, in the state of Colorado, I'm, but I am sworn 
uh, Colorado peace officer. Uh, and if it, if an event happens in Idaho Springs, I can follow him until my chief tells me I can't. There you go. <laughs> Pull back, Frost. Not today, chief. But, but then you have the option of like, yeah, he gets past Central City, but then you know, then the AK-47s come out and they're like mowing everyone down. You're like, oh, I guess I can go home now. I wish. <laughs> no, no. What I do is like, ah, oh, he's leaving my jurisdiction. Can someone notify state police for me, please? <laughs> and then, you know, they'll throw out spikes and make tires explode. And it's pretty awesome. Nice. Smoke People bombs. are so, um, so silly. Um, it wasn't, this wasn't mine, but this uh, guy decided he was going to run from the Georgetown police. So he came all the way to Idaho Springs and we followed him and then he it was snowing out and he was going 90 miles an hour. So eventually they just stopped. He wrecked out on Alameda and C470. So <laughs> he still went to jail. You usually still get caught. Cuz I'll, I'll let you know on a secret too. When you run from the police, you have this thing on the back of your car that's a license plate. So a lot of times we'll just run it and see where the car's registered to and we just go let's say it's from Aurora. Your house, yeah. Just thought, have Aurora police wait for you. I thought those were just just so my car would look cool. <laughs> <laughs> they do look cool. When are we going to get barcode license plates so your your um your grill just scans everyone's plates and then Oh, you mean a license plate reader that we already have? <laughs> oh, it's like visually like just yeah. recognizes. Wow. Uh our department doesn't have them but um a lot of them do like state patrol does. And if you get behind it, it just automatically reads it sends it to our it's called a um, MDT and sends it to the computer screen and tells you everything about it. I'm just going to call it Skynet for convenience sake. Do it. <laughs> I guess a barcode would be counterintuitive because then civilians couldn't read the plates and mm-hmm. then you'd lose tips. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, there's license plate readers already. That's great. It's cool. Yeah. It's easy. Sweet. Uh, we watch movies throughout the week in a segment the nerds be watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Uh, really not a whole lot. Um, I rewatched Infinity War on 4K. Yeah. Um, and looked beautiful in 4K. I had, I'd watched, I'd rewatched it on Blu-ray once, but I hadn't watched it with the 4K TV and the 4K desk and looks fucking stellar. I love, uh, um, Doc Strange's costume in 4K. It has, you can see all the intricacies of it. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Um, when they go on to the, um, Planet with the Soul Stone, the initial establishing shot of it looks like this beautiful fucking painting, whereas mm-hmm. before it looked fine, and even in the theater it looked stunning, but like the clarity on that TV is oh, yeah. is pretty impressive. Um, and Thanos looks great in 4K. Oh, yeah. See a stubble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I There's a lot of detail there before. Like I, You can see he's got like a bit of like 5 o'clock shadow yep. kind of thing going there's there. A, there's a funny meme going around <laughs> where it's... Uh, they superimpose Aquaman's logo on Tony Stark's head and it, and then it shows Thanos like going down. He's like, and it says all that for a drop of blood. And he's, he's crushing the moon down on him. And it says Avengers Endgame. game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause you know, Aquaman's the most successful DC. What the fuck kind of movie world do we live in? But yeah. And then I was just, and I'm just kind of noticing like the whole throughout the whole thing and just like, I like positing to myself, like, what's going to happen in the next one and, like, you know, theories that go around. But, like, and I don't know, maybe I'm way behind on this knowledge, but I thought that the rumor or at least the notion was that Far From Home was going to be, like, taking place just before Infinity War. Mm. But, like, the field trip he's going on is to the MoMA. It's, I, yeah, I didn't, it takes I place did, it directly after. Okay, so I, I didn't know because he – so his, his the field trip he's taking is to the MoMA, which I did not know – when I saw it in theaters, I had to take the subtitles on today to be like, wait, he says he's, he was going somewhere. It's not just anywhere. So, um, 
And I still like the uh, one of my favorite moments in that film is still just before Hulk crashes into Doctor Strange's place. Um, him and Wong or uh, uh, Benedict Wong are talking um, about like wh- where they want to go to eat, and this is like a. Uh, like I've got 500 rubles. What's that about a buck and a half? <laughs> like, what do you want? I wouldn't say no to a tuna melt. <laughs> um, Maybe they'll make you a metaphysical ham on rye. Yeah. And then also um, like the, the Avengers broke up, but broke up like what? Like a band. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love, uh, I love behind the scenes footage. When you see doc strange or anybody who has magical stuff mm. moving their hands to nothing, it looks so stupid. But when you see it in the movies, it looks amazing. Yeah. It's pretty stellar, man. Yeah. I, the movie looks great. Um, oh, yeah, it's an awesome movie. Uh, and then um, this isn't a movie, but I uh, I listened to an audiobook about the Coen Brothers called that film. Really, uh, this book really ties the films together, and it kind of proves my point that they've never made a bad movie. They've made weaker movies, but they've never made a bad movie. Um, Tom Cruise. It, it's no, the, yes, the Coen Brothers are the Tom Cruise of directors. The, yes. Of directors, yes. Uh, no, but it, it's been pretty interesting listening to it. Like they go, he goes through each of their films and. He has interviews with Deacons and um, Skip Leavesay, who's their sound designer, who I guess kind of like knew Sam Raimi and all those guys back in the day. They talk about the Hugger Sucker Proxy a lot, which I like hearing about. Like they don't mention Raimi a lot because he's really going into like the themes of mm-hmm. Hud Sucker and whatnot. But they talk about like how that was a a project that Joel Silver like went into the Coen Brothers business, not understanding how the Coen Brothers business yeah. worked. So it's, it's almost in my reading of it it's almost like sam raimi and the coen brothers played joel silver for a fool and it's kind of funny Love to it. think about um and then they talk about barton fink too which is pretty amazing um so it's a, it's a good book it's called the the book really ties the films together i'd check it out um i i opened up some of my criterions um i watched uh i rewatched uh woman of the year with spencer tracy and katherine hepburn um it's a wonderful film if you've never seen it um uh uh, Catherine Hepburn plays a columnist for the uh, New York Times, um, and uh, Spencer Tracy also writes a column for him. And they get into a fight over um, in in their columns between each other because he's kind of like a homespun down down to earth American, and she's like a world worldwide savvy person who kind of like understands foreign affairs and whatnot. And so, like, she doesn't understand why sports are so important to Americans, and he doesn't understand why world affairs are important to everybody. And so they uh, – but then they kind of begin a relationship. Um, On and, screen and off. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, I was going to get to that because, <laughs> see, this was a famous romance, guys. Um, but they weren't allowed to talk about it in public. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Never no, got married. No, no, you know, no, Spencer Tracy was a Catholic, so he couldn't get divorced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Don't, get, don't, don't be Catholic. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. If you want to, it's your business. But anyway, so uh, they 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 get into a relationship. He wants to get married, but throughout the film, you start realizing like his his expectation of if she of her settling down is not realistic. And so it's it's I mean it's weird because essentially it's about a woman learning to become a good wife, but it doesn't play out that way. It plays out much differently thanks to Hepburn's performance. Yeah, like it's like it's directed by George Stevens, who did Giant and Gunga Din and a bunch of other films, but. Mm-hmm. The way it's directed, like it doesn't like, it doesn't feel demeaning towards Hepburn's, like, grasp on things. Like the ending's an amazing. The climax of this film is her trying to prepare breakfast without Spencer Tracy knowing, and it's just a comedic tour de force of her not knowing how a kitchen works. And it's like it's really funny because she's just like 
trying to it's like me in a kitchen trying to understand how things work sometimes the one thing i like about katherine hepburn is she is an actress who would always just go for it yeah no matter what the role is whether it's a drama or a comedy or screwball she wholeheartedly put her heart and soul into it she had more guts i think than any actor of her time i, I uh, or mm. at least actress of her time because like even if Betty Davis or Joan Crawford were more intense. Like she just was more adventurous with the types of roles she she yeah. uh, uh, went out there and did. Yeah, I have uh, that and, Criterion. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, and Spencer Tracy's amazing in it. William Bendix from a, a radio show called The Life of Riley plays Pinky, the bartender who keeps trying to recall a, a fight he had with another guy. Um, it's actually interesting how that movie is fairly relevant to. You could make this film today, unlike some films from that era. You would have to tweak some things, but you could make this movie again this uh, around this time. Like, there's just things you'd have to change, given like the way things have changed. But the essential story could be done again. Um, and then the last Criterion I watched was uh, the Magnificent Ambersons, which is the second film by Orson Welles. Oh, awesome! Um, which is a which is an 88 minute film that was butchered by RKO because. Wells went to South America and RKO took the time to uh, backstab him and release the movie their way and not his way. Um, it's a movie based on a book by Booth Tarkington about a family um, living in the like late 19th century who was affluent. And it's about essentially their downfall as the rise of automobiles becomes prevalent in society. Um there's not really anybody to root for in the movie as I mean, I love this movie, but there is nobody to root for. Like everybody's kind of backstabbing each other throughout the whole thing. Um, but it's got Tim Holt in it from um, uh, from Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Uh, Joseph. Cotton. Remember that name? Tim Holt. Tim yeah, Holt. Remember that, Tim Holt. Remember that name? Oh, you see him a lot in these you, pictures. You, you got lo you love that Citizen Kane trailer, don't you? Oh, I love all old trailers. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's a beautifully shot film, and the only reason why it's such a consternation in film history is because the ending is uncharacteristically happy for that story because they reshot the ending uh, against Wells' wishes. Um, it's still a good movie overall. Um, the opening of it, and I they did a beautiful job on this restoration. Like It looks clearer than it's ever looked before because they put it out on DVD prior. Um, but... The beginning of the film, when it starts off even earlier in the 19th century, has like a iris halo around it. It's like a, like a white halo around it to like make it seem a little bit more nostalgic. And then as the film progresses, that halo goes away, um, which I had never noticed in the DVD copy before. Um, and there's some shots that Wells got that were amazing. There's like long tracking shots that go through the scene. Like he'll pull out stop midway, have a conversation, and then it motivates the move to go even further back throughout this entire drawing room. Like, it would have been amazing to see what he could have done with a big-budget color movie, like, like just like a kind of like a big drawing room sequence in like full Technicolor um, with the camera moves he was doing because he was insane with that camera. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's pretty good. Like, if, if you're a fan of, like, film history, this is a film to check out because, like, the film itself, like, while I like it and I like that story – it's not the best film in the world, mainly because of RKO interfering. <laughs> like it's, but it's a short film. It's only eighty-eight minutes, so you're not sacrificing a lot. Um, so yeah, that's uh, all I watched this week. Brad, uh, not really a lot at all. Um, that's what it was. Sorry, I was trying to remember a few of them. 
Uh, I guess I'll talk about Excalibur. I rewatched for the first time in a nice. long time. I like that he fucks in his knight uniform or <laughs> knight armor. Yeah, it's uh, it's not as interesting as I remember. And then also, uh, the biggest thing I noticed is, and I posted this on the Facebook pages, uh, like the very opening scene of the movie. Uh, like the red background in the forest looks a lot like uh, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> that shots from Mandy. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 epic, but also everyone's kind of shitty in it. So mm-hmm. you know, like even King Arthur. So obviously like power corrupts. Yeah. So uh, you know, that was a hard thing I had with Vice. Is like the movie's entertaining, but everyone's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for George W. Bush, he's just not smart. Just a goof. Um, ever since. Everyone's a piece of crap. Beautiful shot, though. Yeah. <laughs> I also watched this documentary called Rewind This about the lifespan of VHS tapes. No. Hmm. Um, but it really didn't have any information that I hadn't already known. Um, Bummer. But they, they tackle a lot of facets of it. It also seems like an excuse just to get like cool, trendy people together for a <laughs> documentary. <laughs> um, Did it work? Yeah. Was it basically a Mondo fan club <laughs> gathering? Yeah, it felt like it. Yeah, I mean, not to knock Mondo, they do great work. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as far as, like, there was no faster the documentary. was like, oh, that's a surprise. Um, you know, uh, I, I already knew about the Betamax VHS wars, and, um, you know, there, there's flea market-style sellers that, you know, make their entire year's salary off of selling these tapes um in the midwest and stuff and really do people is it a collector thing now because do people still watch them I don't yeah know. yeah I, people do they they like the aesthetic of it which i mean i do too but yeah mm-hmm. i guess growing up you feel like all the studios kind of drove that market and it really wasn't the studios it was the indie films uh mm-hmm. because um like the the mom and pop stores started springing up and the studios weren't embracing home video that, that much so all the indie studios started populating the the mom and pop stores with so that's why you got all those cool niche horror movies on the shelves like right next to something that you know so it was, it was democratized like mm. you go to the theater and it's like all hollywood best stuff because they kind of own the theaters but you go to the mom and pop video stores before blockbuster and it's just like you know friday 13 stands neck and neck with like uh was the basket case <laughs> um which they say like basket case on video like made that guy a millionaire yeah uh, at the time, um, I was watching one of his movies this week too. Because not because not all the big films were bought up, um, or could be well, acquired by the from the studio. I'm st- I could be wrong, but I'm still ninety eight percent sure that Leprechaun three is the most rented movie of all time. I could be wrong, but I'm almost ninety eight percent sure. A, I'm right. a lot be... of movies to weed through, yeah, yeah. Because I remember it's one of the facts about the Leprechaun universe that is really bizarre and i'm pretty sure i'll have to double check the facts on that one but i remember it might be two it might be three yeah and then the lifespan of vhs being from like kind of the late 70s all the way to the late 90s and that's like the longest media format lifespan ever because you know dvd lasted until like 2009 when blu-ray came out and then blu-ray is even shorter yeah but i think it's it's dvd still around it's still around but i mean like dominance wise oh dominance yeah Yeah. Um, like there's so many Cary Grant movies on Warner Archives, mm-hmm. but they're all like eighteen yeah. bucks. And that's another so. point they make is like there's all these other straight to video movies and like people's art that's just lost to time because mm-hmm. they didn't make the jump to the next format. I meant to tell you this actually because like in this uh, connects to what you were saying. Those archive things, I did not know this, but I guess this has been around for a couple of years. Like so, TCM does them now too. Yeah, no, Disney they're all TCM, MOD, yeah. You know how I know because I found a Jack Benny one there that I'd never known they put out. And I was just like, "What? How did I fucking their, not know?" Their this website's one? really clunky too. I don't know if you've ever been on. The oh, I know. Yeah. Website. 
it was so funny. So just for example, because I'm at a point now where I think I I, ha- I own like six Cary Grant films I still need to watch, mm-hmm. but I'm at a point where they don't really exist anymore. So I just went to Warner Archives because I heard there's some on there. And I type in Cary Grant and it lists almost all his movies and it says, it tells you how you can get them. Well, it says available streaming and then you click on it and it's not a streaming device you can stream it from. And then you have probably still connected to Filmstruck or something. And then, you know, his DVDs for, I can't remember the movies. They're like 18 bucks. That's, That's a lot. I mean, you can still get it through Amazon, but it's still the same price, but you do avoid their shipping fee on there. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just those movies on demand, they're, I think they're important, but it's expensive. Yeah. That's why you wait That's why you wait for them to come through my work, and then you buy them in bulk. Well, I don't know. <laughs> There's none of your guarantee, but Mine's I, I got- very specific. I got three new ones from there I'm going to show you after the show. Okay, but, cool. Yeah. Um, they also talk about, like- uh, like people who ran video rental places, um, you know, when they'd watch the movies back to make sure they're like still good quality, mm-hmm. there'd be like glitches in the movie where and you could tell that's where someone like went back and watched a scene a lot. And it's, it was usually like boobs <laughs> yes. or something. So like, yeah, this is the spot in the video where we know what this person who had is that that's their favorite spot and stuff. Um, so it was like cool little uh, things. What was the other? I'm always fascinated how that stuff works. It's literally, you know, um, film that goes through spools yeah it's magnetic tape yeah that projects yeah. it an image yeah. you look at the yeah. tape you can't see yeah. like a film really you can see the cell exactly yeah. but videotape yeah and that, there's also like um you know i want to kind of i want to get a betamax player because they put a side-by-side of vhs versus betamax and betamax is like so crisp and clean and vhs is like the muddy thing we've mm-hmm. all grown up to know um and it's, it's kind of like that's the, a long-running joke on married with children is Al had a Betamax or video set VHS? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a uh, the 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 better format lost out to like Con- more convenience the, and lower price, and also like VHS could hold more. It, like Betamax could only hold like sixty minutes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the VHS had the long play, but it's, it reminded me of the Blu-ray versus yeah. HD DVD format. Was like, how could people not want the DVD and the HD DVD on the same disc? Um, it's cheaper and it's like mm-hmm. the easier to remember name. But yeah, it, because Sony made it accessible through the PlayStation Three, it took over. And porn. <laughs> well, yeah, VH, uh, well, there, VHS. There's a, the, the big one too is Disney, and we'll talk about what Disney also did later today to make another company <laughs> go away. But when Disney embraces Blu-ray, I mean, it changes everything. And you don't think about it, but if you go to Blu-ray.com every week, they post um, the sales of Blu-ray, and they do it in the market share, and usually three out of the top. Five are usually Disney titles, whether it's a cartoon or something. So they know what they're doing. I mean, at Best Buy, Disney's Marvel's uh, stuff has its own entire like shelf <laughs> dedicated to it. Left. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I watched, oh, I started watching uh, Punisher season two hmm. uh, last night, and I liked season one a lot. Uh, season two is okay, but it's. The thing that bums me out is a lot of it is like psychiatrists kind of dissecting mm. uh, Frank Castle's motivation and like the morality of what he's doing for way too many scenes. Um, and then all, like not, not just Frank Castle, also the villains too. And there's like two main villains mm. and it kind of jumps between there's like two storylines that are going to converge um, at the end of the this the season. But uh, yeah, just too much philosophy mm. on like 
that we already got from the first season too. So it's like glass, but over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of <laughs> season. Um, I was I was kind of sitting there going like, oh, this is kind of sucking right now. But then it, it has like this next scene that happened was like awesome, where Frank Castle like infiltrates Jigsaw's lair, mm. and Jigsaw gets the drop on him, and there's uh, he has like these strobe lights that like you know go bright and dark, and then all of his guys with their uh, uh, like they all have like white masks that they all like draw their own logos on and stuff, and so they just keep popping out of the shadows and like kicking his ass and. Uh, I wish there was more of that, but I think that's like season or episode eight or something I'm on, and it's like I had to wait four or five episodes to get something as cool, mm-hmm. like cool like that. So Bummer. whereas the first season was relentless, like Frank Castle got his ass kicked like every episode. I heard it's a big complaint of it. Just reading uh, the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, they talk about that the pace is really off in this yeah. season. Um, yeah, there's like yeah, there's, these two girls are just having it's like action stuff like that intercut between these two girls having philosophy about jigsaw and frank castle in her apartment and they're kind of enemies but they're like on a truce at the moment you're just like we don't need to see this scene at all like we understand (laughs) these characters at this point just go back to frank's mission um yeah and i think they're trying too hard to make jigsaw sympathetic like a sympathetic villain like we already know he's, he's he's vain and he also has this memory loss uh, thinks that song is about him. Uh, memory of us at the beginning of the season. You're just like, really? <laughs> yeah. So, Punisher season two. I think I've got like five episodes to go. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but <laughs> not not excited about it right now. But right. I get they don't have to either because they'll probably be canceled anyway. And it already was. Oh, all their Marvel shows were canceled, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Or is Punisher still there? I mean, they haven't made official announcement for Jessica yeah. Jones and Punisher, but I think. I mean, it's probably they- inevitable. They'll, they'll say it three months after everyone's watched it because mm-hmm. they don't want to like get misinformation out there like oh if it's canceled then i don't have to see it like people aren't as savvy as us yeah <laughs> so why invest the time so that's it for me yeah i don't watch too much either i started um watching random episodes of the office while i working out and i, I was on the treadmill and i like had to stop running on because i was watching the goodbye toby episode and how michael treats toby's really funny but I think my favorite part is um, how Holly treats Kevin because she thinks he's retarded. <laughs> she says stuff like, math is hard. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. <laughs> I keep my M&Ms in this jar so no one else can take them. That's a good idea. <laughs> and it goes on it almost half, like three quarters of the way of the next se- first episode of the next season where she finds out that he's not retarded. <laughs> Let's see, you've got 75 cents here. That means you can have everything on the top <laughs> shelf right here. That's a button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love, uh, I love after she uh, touches his hand and it does to, you know, the interview, and he says, I am totally going to bang Holly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, and then when Michael gives Toby the rock as a yeah. going away present, he's trying to play it off like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's great. So it's I and I'm, I'm I don't have any way I'm watching them. I'm literally just picking random ones. And I had to stop because. Did you ever like, finish the hard. series, or did oh, you, yeah, you yeah, still yeah. boycott the rest of the seasons? No, I did, mm. and I I think Andy Bernard's horrible in it. Um, did you did I tell you there was a they're doing the ten year challenge uh, thing on Facebook for like your pictures? Mm. Someone did a picture of uh, Jim and then Asian Jim. <laughs> I laughed my I butt love off. It. <laughs> You never uh, good for you, Dwight, for not seeing race. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, I just watched the man. Um, as far as movies go, 
Um, I watched uh, two Scream Factory releases. I watched Cobra, which I haven't seen in a while. And the new, uh, I think it's a 2K transfer, is pretty awesome. Ooh. Cobra is a Stallone movie. Did you just, did you get a slipcover on yours? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and the slipcover is awesome. Like, I think the original like cover artwork for it is badass. Yeah, I'm glad they kept it. Um, and it just... Everything about that movie is so dumb, but so awesome. <laughs> it's Scream or is it Shout? Scream. Oh, wow. Well, because it's, it's a slasher movie, basically. Yeah, Because, but... you know, the axe killer guy. I just, I, when I think of it, though, I think action or like anything. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Scream Factory does, I mean, they did, the first one they did was Assault on uh, Precinct 13. That is true. So, I mean, they'll go that way. They'll, they dip their toe in a little bit of different things. So. It's, you know. Uh, Saturday the 14th. <laughs> uh, you know, even stuff like. You know, at the beginning where he says, I'm going to blow up the store, man. It's okay. I don't shop here. <laughs> um, or when he dumps gasoline all over the bad guy. And then he finally takes the match out of his mouth that he's had the whole movie and strikes it across his stubble. And he says, you have the right to remain silent. And he just lights him on fire. <laughs> I just want to be a cop and I just murder everybody and not have any consequences. In I, don't fact, you, I don't know if you want to admit that on, this, on, the, on uh, the air. In fact, my only consequence is at the end, I punched the dude who says I'm out of control. <laughs> <laughs> That's proving Frost, you're out of control. You wrecked 20 cars. <laughs> yeah. You whatever, chief. But, I mean, I mean, how many? It's, it's almost Rambo 2 style when he's in the back of the truck and just mowing down the motorcycle gang. It's so awesome. I miss movies like that so much where it's. Um, it really made me want a Pepsi too. There's a huge like <laughs> Pepsi neon that's totally product placement while they're fighting. Oh, I'm not going to show you Demolition awesome. Man again. Then, then you no, want oh, Taco Bell. <laughs> I love Demolition Man. Uh, but yeah, no, I freaking had so much fun watching Cobra again. I gotta pick that up. It might be. Um, it's probably yeah. It's one of my favorite Stallone movies, just because it's so ridiculous. You mean it's not stop or my mom will shoot? No. <laughs> it isn't Oscar. <laughs> I'll go forward. But I love, cat. I love how he has no rules. I mean, at the beginning of the supermarket, you know, no one knows what to do. And then he rolls up in his like 1950 car and it says so awesome on it or this awesome 50. This is my neighborhood grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a cop, right? He's not a yeah. vigilante? No, he's a cop. Yeah, okay. But he does stuff that no other cop will do. He's on the zombie patrol. He's on the edge. Yeah, it's, I just had like so much fun because I miss action movies like that. I actually want to mm. borrow this from you now. Yeah. I haven't watched Cobra in a long oh, man. time. Oh, and man. And the special features are great. It has about two hours of interviews. So it, it, does, it does, of course, it doesn't have Stallone, but it has almost every other person besides Bridget Nelson, too. Well, they can contact you to do an impression of Stallone. I know. I, I mean, just interview me over the phone. Oh, wait, you shoot. Know? I, forgot. I, I forgot that means we have to push the button. You yeah. know, his name was Cobra Ready. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm maybe. Sorry. Maybe it'll just be Cobra. Yeah, the Stallone button on the board's jammed again. I brought hell upon this podcast again. So, yeah, no, it's fun. And I also watched uh, the Candyman that they released. Candyman. With uh, Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen. And that's a really good movie. Um, It's one of the best horror films of that decade, if if you think about it. Because, you know, the one thing with Candyman is they actually make the villain somewhat sympathetic, but he also has no remorse in the film, so it's kind of a cool um, mix there. And it deals, too, with race. I mean, uh, Virginia Madsen is a grad student at this college that's inter- like interviewing people about Candyman, about urban legends, and she has to go to the projects in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there's a clash of culture there that she doesn't understand and quite get. It's like one of those first horror films that kind of like does kind of what Get Out ends up doing mm-hmm. later on, which is kind of just talks about society as a whole while mixing in this urban legend or this or or this benevolent force malevolent force and 
and Tony Todd is great in it, but I have not watched it in a long time. Um, I I got to get the Blu-ray for it. But yeah, you know Tony Todd is, and I can say this because I've met him and I've interviewed him. That interview exists somewhere. Um, anyways, interview he, interview. Uh, they they have a couple of interviews with him on the disc, and there's a commentary. Well, it's two discs actually, but um, he he's really engaging when you talk to him, and he said that um, Bernard Rose, who directed, it, was very aware of. He's making an African American guy the villain in a slasher, and um, and it has to be treated just right. Yeah, because originally uh, he says in the special features that they're looking for an Eddie Murphy type of character, mm. and if you've seen Candyman, you know Tony Todd plays him um, really uh, majestically. I don't know if the right word is, but um, it's, it's regal, it's, very regal. Yeah, very. He's very, um, he's very like he presents himself. In a very interesting fashion. Yeah, that he's put together. And, you know, the, the story is, I mean, he's he's murdered because he fell in love with a white woman. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting movie. And, and the special effects, the gore effects are awesome. Um, it comes in two discs. It has a theatrical cut that has a ton of special features. And it has the uncut version, which also has all new features on it. So it's definitely worth... Um, I got it off Scream uh, Shout Factory's website because on Amazon it's $34. On Shout Factory, it's twenty three. So um, someone's in a fight, and I did the same thing with Cobra. Cobra is twenty one dollars on Shout Factory. Um, so yeah, so it's it's great. Um, I recommend everybody getting it. And it's interesting because when I looked on the back, I said I didn't even know there was an uncut version of Candyman, and they're both ninety nine minutes long. So there's only one instance that why it's uncut, and they actually had to insert standard definition. Um, scenes into, into it, it. Uh-huh. they do a pretty good job timing it but i mean you can tell it's where he murders um like the psychiatrist mm. and it's pretty gruesome it's awesome like blood spraying everywhere and so yeah it's awesome and uh the last thing i watched was um carrie grant and sophia loren in lauren in houseboat um in houseboat uh but houseboat <laughs> carrie grant plays a widower no no, no the, you're right it's the, carrie grant's houseboat <laughs> the, the, the porn parody <laughs> yes uh, in it, Cary Grant plays a widower, um, but he's not really spent time with his children. So the opening of it is him going to pick up his children just for the weekend. Stop chewing the mic. <laughs> um, from his aunt, or from their aunt, who is a bachelorette, who is the sister of Cary Grant's dead ex-wife. And so they don't want to spend time with him because, you know, he's a louse. He's a, he's a no good. And so he eventually starts introducing them to his way of life. And that's where they meet, uh, Sophia Lauren. Um, she is the daughter of a conductor from Spain and she's tired of living under his like house rules. So she goes away, takes a job as a nanny for Cary Grant and his kids. Cause he needs one. And she doesn't know how to cook or clean. What kind of trouble is Cary Grant going to get into this time? See Cary Grant. There's a great trailer on this DVD, um, for it where it's, Basically that in this saying, you know, the debonair Cary Grant. Well, what happens when he has to teach his new nanny the ropes of raising children? It's a woman that can't cook, clean or raise children. How controversial. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, she's welcome to the mid 20th century. (laughs) Well, she's, uh, you know, she's super sexy. Um, Cary Grant, he's really funny. There's some really great scenes. He has a, you know, a 12 year old son. 
and <laughs> Cary Grant has this painting of like nude women in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And the first night they're together, he's about to go to bed and he looks over and his son's just staring at it. <laughs> so he walks up and turns it around. And then he goes and talks to his daughter who's in the other bedroom and he walks out and his son's looking out the window and there's this woman undressing. So then he closes the blinds and flips that back over. It's funny. Uh, uh, it's not his best movie, but it's still pretty funny. And I didn't know it also has a Sam Cooke song I've never heard that won Oscar for best song. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, at the end, does he get together with the aunt who harbors a secret crush for him or the nanny? Time will tell. I guess I'll have to go to my local neighborhood theater and find out. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the DVD actually is pretty sharp. I, it's interesting because yeah, I watched the movie, then I watched the trailers, and the trailers have a different color timing than the movie. It might be due to what is, like, what's left of those prints yeah. on them because the, they might be washed out. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I mean, actually, the trailers are pretty nice. I, I just think the color is just a little too bright. Um, maybe they retimed it or something yeah, like, maybe. for the actual release. Because, you know, when you look at the DVD cover, it looks awful. Mm. It looks like one of those dollar DVDs you get. I mean, it's only $4, I think. Yeah. But they actually, it actually sounds good, looks good. It's presented in stunning Paramount Vista Vision. Did you get um, uh, Topper yet um, on mm. your collection? So I found it. I'll show you where to find it. But that's an early, early one. About a, it's basically kind of like a Beetlejuice before Beetlejuice, but not with Tim Burton involved. So you might have fun. Nice. With it. So yeah, it's a fun movie. I'd say it's about in the middle of the pack. Well, I don't know. There's really not a Cary Grant movie I haven't really liked. Maybe Night and Day is my least favorite one, but that's just because it's a standard biopic that's not that fun. Did Did Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz remake that one? Uh, no, it's a different Night and Day. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet if Tom Cruise was Cole Porter. You know. Um, Tom Cruise could actually... He probably pull, could be. He could pull off a Cary Grant biopic. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to make some adjustments. and You yeah. get a, need to get a good director behind it, though, yeah. I think. I like Tom Cruise, but like, you need a good director to like everything, fill in everything else around it, I guess. I don't know. We live in a cynical world, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cary Grant is Jerry Maguire? <laughs> <laughs> I need to run. <laughs> Cary Grant is Ethan Hunt. I tell you, I like you had that. me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Walken's in it now. Um, oh, that's Cary Grant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's why I watched this week. I'm surprised uh, how much G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra doesn't tie into Cobra. I know, right? It should. That'd yeah. be awesome if Stallone was actually Snake Eyes. Secret sequels. Yep. Yeah. You can't <laughs> wait to see Rambo. No, I know. Right? I can't wait. The more I think about it, I'm like, do I need this? And then yes. I'm just like, I, I, you need Rambo. I don't need it. I'd like it, but I don't need it. No, you need Rambo <laughs> in your life. Maybe when I watch it, that's when I'm like, oh, I needed this. <laughs> the UK has these awesome 4K steel books for each of the first three Rambo movies. Mm-hmm. They're badass, and, but they're Region B, so I can't sucks. enjoy them. Yeah. Are they expensive? So you can just order. Yeah. Them. I guess you can order them and then just take the discs and go wing. And put the other discs in. True, uh, but yeah, I think they're forty a piece. Oh fuck that! And then they have to travel overseas, so that's probably like another ten. Yep, twelve bucks. So, Brad, did you spend one hundred twenty dollars on Rambo yeah. movies? Also, Disney's uh, Mondo's Disney Steelbooks arts, Ugh, so gorgeous, but also Pinocchio like the, one you sent me. But they're not four K, so it's yeah. like I'm kind of it's a, like a lateral move. But yeah. again, you're so so you expensive. could still get the case and then put the four Ks in it. But I they guess they haven't put Pinocchio in four K yet. So they, I don't think they will. Yeah, but they have Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, Little Mermaid, uh, The Jungle Book, um, something else, 
Frozen, but I don't really consider that like a classic Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Not uh, yet. I, I don't but know. But the arts, there's a lot of gorgeous. four or five year olds who beg to differ with you. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> mm. Looks all. It all looks great. But yeah, it's also UK Fuckers. in Blu-ray. We should just move to Britain, guys. Let's just do it. Nope. Yeah. Movie news. It's real news. Actually, a lot happened this week. Um, first, off, we'll get the death right out of the way. Uh, Dick Miller died. Um, who was uh, Richard part- Miller? <laughs> Show some respect. Yeah. Dickhead. You know what? No. <laughs> um, he He's a, great in Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins um, worked a lot with Joe Dante, actually. Um, the last thing I remember him in was in Looney Tunes Back in Action. He plays the security guard that's uh, uh, stripping Re- Brendan Fraser of his uh, honors at the Warner Brothers Guard. Uh, but he was also a Roger Corman mainstay. And yeah. uh, like the the biggest one is A Bucket of Blood. Uh, that, that That's his like, leading role in one. I mean, he's in a bunch of shit, man. Um, but... Ninety years old. Ninety years old. He will be missed. Um, yeah, man. It's a shame. Like a lot of the fun people are leaving, unfortunately. Um, and out of his ashes, the Criterion Channel is born. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next bit of news, right? Uh, I love the segue. No, that uh, actually didn't pop up on my news. Um, so Criterion Channel. Yeah, no, what's, get, get, tell me about the Criterion Channel, Brad. Uh, Filmstruck's dead, so they were like, screw that. You know what? We'll make our own own channel. Right on. Perfect. I'm totally Uh, down for that. But I figured you had the research done, so I can't tell you when it comes out or what's going to be on it or how much it's going to cost. You can sign up for a free trial. I think it comes launching in April. You can get 30 days for free to see what they have. The the website right now is very basic. They don't even have how much it costs. I think there's two plans. Um, Are they going to have everything in their catalog or are they going to rotate? You know, it doesn't say. It says it's a rotation of classic films and forgotten gems. So uh, if you go to the website, it's only, I think, two pages on the website right now. I okay. think it's still in the planning stages. Do they mention if they're hand- how they're handling special features? Mm-mm. No? I know they're going to have a couple shows on it. Shows? Yeah. Uh, about movies, obviously. and That'd be sweet. I think like Leonard Maughan have a good show on there. You know what? I just pulled it up, and unfortunately, Brian, it's going to be a uh, Roman Polanski talk show. So oh, my gosh. I, I think... Well, why don't they should invite him to the closet and then have the police there waiting for him? <laughs> <laughs> um, we should we should pitch a show to Criterion because they they must need content, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yes. real nerds, real nerds pod show season two coming to Criterion. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we, <laughs> Mystery Science Theater three thousand like Criterion movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have to watch Ramachan again. <laughs> Fanny and Alexander, more like dumb and Alexander, stupid Bergman. (laughs) Why is Armageddon here? (laughs) (laughs) These are all in black and white. What happened? (laughs) Someone turn on the color. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. uh, Lee Wannell had a really big week. Uh, So he's going to now be the new director for The Invisible Man and help relaunch the Universal Monster universe that they're trying to do. So the Dark Universe is still alive somehow. Invisible Man is still my favorite Universal monster. And after seeing Upgrade, I am more than happy with the decision to put Lee Wannell in charge oh, of yeah. that. Um, 
I'm still going to walk in cautiously because they've tried rebooting this, and the only time I think they got it right was with the Wolfman, so uh, yeah. with the Benicio Del Toro ones. So. Uh, excuse me, the Emily Blunt Wolfman. Uh, Benicio Del Toro is the one, I believe, who turns into the Wolfman. So. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Emily Blunt is the one who lives at the end, so it's Emily Blunt's Wolfman. I'm pretty sure Anthony Hopkins also turned into a wolf, and it was weird, but it was amazing. <laughs> did you know that Emily Blunt won a SAG Award last week? I know she did for A Quiet Place. You know what I love, too, is her reaction is genuine because she honestly didn't believe she was going to win yeah because the medium or the, the the narrative wasn't going towards her which is i mean God, she's so beautiful th- it's proving that this year is nuts like anything's happening at this point uh, but the other news that literally just dropped not too long ago for lee Wannell is also apparently he's been tapped to uh wrote, write a remake of escape from new york mm-hmm. but they've been talking about escape from new york either remake or continuation for a long ass time so i don't know about this news mm-hmm. um i don't know who can play snake i gotta think about it uh, his son. I Fuck. I used to think ten years ago, Gerard Butler. That doesn't seem like a good decision to me now. Yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't be terrible. But Wyatt play him. That'd be awesome. Wyatt Russell. I'm guessing both those movies have a recap at the end of everything that happened throughout the whole movie. <laughs> that has a twist you didn't expect. Totally. Um, can they? Both, can the new one have Peter Fonda surfing somehow? That's what I want. <laughs> That's all I wanted. Steve Buscemi in a crazy car. Um, but yeah, no. So this. Some news that'll be interesting. Um, uh, we're gonna get some new Mission Impossible movies, and they're gonna Hell come yeah. back to back. So you're yep. gonna get ones in late summer of 2021 and 2022. Uh, they announced the dates. It's July 25th, 2021. Are we talking about this like July two weeks ago, and then August 5th. August 5th, yes. So you got the first, the second one right. Yeah. Thought you talked um, about this like two weeks ago. Oh, uh, they just put dates on them now. Oh. Uh, and Macquarie will be back to write the scripts. Um. Did they say he's also directing? Yep. Probably. He is. Yeah. Went from one director per movie to this guy getting four of them. It's crazy. It's good stuff. And apparently they're trying to bring Alec Baldwin back, but I'm Eric pretty sure they let him go at the end of that recent You know what one. sucks about being a Bowen? Probably what? flashbacks. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that joke still. <laughs> It'll never get old for me. Um... Also, big news in the world of franchises. Uh, James Gunn. Uh, do you remember him, guys? James Gunn. Do you remember, remember, remember yeah, he made James Super. Gunn? Yeah, he made Super. Um, he made uh, Slither. Slither. Yeah, and I don't think anything else really. And he hasn't made anything else. He, he, Brightburn's coming out. Yeah, Brightburn. He, he, he produced right. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and Belco Experiment. Yeah, yes, that's totally right. Um, well, apparently, he's going to reboot the Suicide Squad. Uh, what started off as talks for a sequel to Suicide Squad has now turned into a full-on reboot. Called The Suicide Squad. Yeah, apparently it'll feature a different lineup. I'd be surprised the... if Harley Quinn's not involved. Yeah, but... That wouldn't surprise me. The question is, do they keep her, uh, keep Margot Robbie on it, or do they recast it? And well, they just did a whole thing with her as Harley Quinn for Birds of Prey. That was going to be the follow-up on this one. Is like There's like a teaser-ish kind of image, or like video reel of all the different characters so yeah um yeah i mean i know i i yeah i mean i actually birds of prey sounds awesome because i think black mask is an awesome batman villain yeah really i do do, i do he just has a black skull for a face yeah but he's like a a gang leader boss guy so what red skull just had a red skull for a face (laughs) uh but it's real Uh, yeah (laughs) and he's a nazi and and he he knows that it requires a sacrifice um but yeah, so James Gunn, good for you, man. Glad you're back on the horse after I know, a bunch after, of nonsense. I mean, after Slither failed at the box office, he hasn't done anything since. Well, Super, you know, Super was his second chance. That's right, and then, and then did okay. But mm-hmm. then, like, but then there was a long period where we didn't have him doing anything. Hopefully, he doesn't say any jokes. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, just Twitter. Maybe get off Twitter. I don't know, but like, or or you know, just like. See what he needs to do is like what that governor in Virginia did, where there's pictures of either him or his in blackface or a KKK hood, and just say, "Wait a minute, I'm sorry for what I did," and then the next day say, "That wasn't me." See, that's all you need to do. Bottom line: James Gunn got screwed, and we're all <laughs> we're all happy that he's finally getting another job. Um. I mean, he was going to have one regardless, like, in spite of all that shit. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, guys, remember when I said last week that the Oscars weren't going to perform all their best song nominees? Well, apparently Lady Gaga heard our podcast and uh, decided that was not fair to other artists. And she other thought it was really shallow of them not to include her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ayo. You didn't see that movie yet, but you knew the song. I do know the song. Because you listen to the radio. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, so now now all five nominees will perform their songs after all. Whether or not the people who sung them in the movies or for the movies will sing them Emily is... Emily Blunt better still, sing um, hers. I would like that. I'd like Tim Blake Nelson to sing the one for Buster Scruggs because... Yeah, fuck him. Uh, Emily Blunt. Uh, ex- excuse me. I, I, Emily J- Blunt. He's in the jailhouse now is a great rendition on O Brother Art, though. Um, also, but um, I guess part of it also is that Jennifer Hudson will be singing the song from RBG, which is nice. Seeing that she's a past winner of an Oscar, it would make sense that you'd have her do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, apparently, the Oscars were trying to get Queen to do an opening number for the Oscars, and they couldn't reach an agreement. So, uh, Also, the- no one wins Oscars. They are given to you. Yeah. Oh, well, no, they couldn't reach an agreement on how to dig Freddie Mercury out of his grave. <laughs> Well, they had the same technology that brought Peter Cushing back. So, um, can they just do a Freddie Mercury hologram? Is that the thing these days? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, if the, if Bob Hope can be a hologram, anybody can be a hologram. Um, uh, we're gonna get Batman. Uh, 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 from the Batman, the Batman from Matt Reeves. This actually sounds pretty cool because oh, no, the description awesome. is like it sounds like Hush. Well, they're finally leaning into like the him being the world's greatest detective, which. Yeah. Has always been Which, sacrificed because of big set pieces and action scenes. Well, I I, I think something like and Hush balance. or The Long Halloween would make an awesome. Yeah, especially yeah. The Long Halloween. But they kind of did The ho- Long Halloween as The Dark Knight. So. Right, but like kind not, of? They, they took elements of but it. But they also, he said a rogues gallery. So, you know, I'm thinking of that. They're making a Hush animated movie, so they probably won't do The Hush. They'll probably, like do, yeah. They'll probably do Condiment King. Oh, yeah, be Clock, awesome. Talking King Tut. But yeah, it's always been like a no-brainer to yeah. like. Why can't the lower-level villains populate the city? Like, you don't have to focus the whole movie on and, you one know, central. Brad, you've known me forever. I always thought it, was, it would be cool if um, Batman, Spider-Man fights some low-level villains as and as the Batman, Spider-Man. No, like whoever it is, <laughs> Spider-Man fights like the <laughs> yeah. Shocker, and then as he fights, he finds out that actually maybe Norman Osborn is behind everything. Or... Yeah, well, they kind of did that with the Rhino for Spider-Man, and then uh, Scarecrow was in the Dark Knight. Yeah, ahead of the thing. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always just thought it was cool because, you know, there's more than one villain. Yeah, but, like, you know, the Penguin's, like, a great mob boss that doesn't mm-hmm. have to have, like, a huge grand plan. You could just be something that someone Batman has to, like, shake down to yeah. get more information. I should stop trying to lose weight so I can play the Penguin. I could do it. I just need a prosthetic nose. Do it. Yeah, totally. Guys, I'm going to go to L.A. to audition. I mean, right you've got to be as committed as Danny DeVito eating raw fish. So. <laughs> yeah, you, have, <laughs> you have black stuff spilling out of your mouth, too. So. You didn't invite me, so I crashed. <laughs> It's just supposed to give you a. I love when he's spinning the uh, umbrella, and he's just like, "It's supposed to give you a splitting headache." No, I freaking man, I love Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie. Yeah, golly, she's great, especially um, in the outfit. Meow. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there because of meow. <laughs> um, and uh, but apparently the movie's going to come out in 2021. As of now, they're really pushing uh, ahead with this. I think it will. 
Um, and uh, but it means, guys, we have to acknowledge another death this week. R.I.P. Batfleck. Yeah, I you know yeah. I, I am Gone bummed that he soon. never got to do a solo Batman movie because I actually think he's pretty good. As I'm Batman. severely bummed that we didn't get that, but, but change is inevitable. It, it, yeah, it is. So, but it's okay now. Affleck can maybe go back to um, I don't know. He can go back to hanging out with Brody at the mall, or nice, or like or, or fighting Brody in the mall. But yeah, maybe he won't think he's with... too good for it anymore. No, uh, he's in prison. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome if like the story for a reboot is he gets released and he's the one who's rebooting the franchise <laughs> to get Jay and Silent Bob to show up because they, they did him wrong by releasing that footage. Uh, Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Joey. Still one of my most favorite lines in any movie ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, shame for Ben Affleck, but you know, we'll, we'll now speculate on who could be the new Batman. Uh, like I said, with the Peter Cushing technology, I'm all for bringing Adam West back. Um, or the guy who used to chain smoke in the 40 serials. Like, let's get some interesting things in here. Um, I don't know what this Disney news is you're talking about, so I only have one other piece of news. What's the Disney thing you wanted to talk about? Oh, no, I was going to talk about Ultraviolet. Oh, Ultra- oh, Ultraviolet, that's right. They did, um, they're shutting down their services. Yep. I don't have to worry about it because I have all those movies. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. But no, the, Disney, when they launch movies anywhere, uh, a lot of movie studios jumped on their yeah. bandwagon, and it basically doomed. Ultraviolet, ultraviolet because and, um, what was the, there was another one there was an ultraviolet but well anyway. the, the biggest one is at Walmart it's Voodoo Voodoo which yeah. uses ultraviolet right so my guess is Walmart probably isn't getting rid of there so you can probably still but you have to transfer all your stuff over to another retailer but I don't have to I can just go to my wall and pick it out yeah, yeah. exactly again when the apocalypse happens and all the computers the only fail, movies I have on ultraviolet are the Friday the 13th because you want to be able to have access to them at all times. Well, the, well, yeah. Because when I f- travel, I like to watch Friday the Thirteenth. Because when I'm on a plane, they're you know usually like eighty to ninety minutes long. Yeah, it's just a bunch of boobs and violence makes a plane flight go by fast. Yeah. Also, also concerns the parents around you. <laughs> no, I felt really bad last time when I went to DC. So I, my wife wanted the window seat, so I was sitting in the aisle and I had my iPad up, and I'm watching the 2019 uh 2019 one i'm 2009 one and there's a part where they're just relling them and i'm just watching it like this and i forget that it's you know the aisle and i look back and this dude's looks <laughs> can't believe what i'm watching said so, don't worry she gets killed soon it's cool <laughs> um and then the last piece of news um it's very brief but uh zach snyder um who directed uh batfleck in a lot of things uh is going to return to the zombie genre for a netflix film called army of the dead yep. um, sounds fun Says uh, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into a quarantine zone following a zombie outbreak to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. This sounds like a lot of things. I would like to see all these things. So um, I do like that Dawn of the Dead remake. It is very good. I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw, but I was watching it going, what is this movie? It's the most it's, ridiculous it, movie ever it's, made. It, it is it's, the most ridiculous movie ever made, and I really want to see it. It's it's probably what we've been asking for in every what if. Scenario I just love that on a Idris Elba ever. comes out and they go, "He's bulletproof. He's stronger than any man." Yeah. Like, yes, bad guy. We, we, have, we have superhumans now. Yeah, <laughs> in the Fast and Furious franchise, it's awesome. They've got to compete with everything else around them. It's man. basically. Well, I mean, every Fast and Furious movie just gets more and more ridiculous, right? I and can't. Now it's just. Them. They've got to go to space, right? In ten, like well, that's that's how you end. This. I mean, here's the thing: is I love Jason Statham and I love The Rock. Now that they're teaming up in a totally ridiculous movie, I'm down. Yep. yep. I mean, there's a part where he's has a dude and they're falling down a skyscraper, and Jason Statham's going in an elevator, and he has time to like flip him off and say "fuck you" to him. So, yep, I'm down. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, 
God, it looks it looks incredible. Yep, it's gonna be awesomely bad. Again, it's it's literally everything we talk about uh, that we want in a podcast like what if scenario mm-hmm. that just got shoved into that trailer, and I'm sure that's just two and a half hours of that movie. And I know I love the voiceover too. He's a camp. He gets uh, this. Gets his me. <laughs> He's a big guy who can't get key. Operates outside of the law. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know if you're gonna join me on this journey. I need to know if this spinoff's gonna make money. <laughs> and lastly, are you wearing a wire? <laughs> also, this... it's a megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> I should watch. It. I haven't seen it. <laughs> did you get it on 4K? Of course I did. Oh, nice. Because gotta... the the still book is badass. My sister really likes that movie. I should get that for for Christmas for for next the, for next birthday. It's just sitting on my shelf. Maybe it's time to explore the depths of megalodon again. <laughs> cool, Brandon. That's news. <laughs> this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw the upside. Brad, should people still see the upside? Is it still your tenth favorite film of 2018? <laughs> That was made in 2017, <laughs> uh, and then finally premiered in 2019 in uh, wide release. Uh, yeah, I think it's still good. Um, uh, the leads are charming. Uh, um, I still have like an issue with you know. There, there's, I don't know. It kind of feels like part of the story is that hey, if if uh, black people just accept white people culture, their lives will get better. Um, that's kind of like eh, not so great, but. Uh, Aside from that, like uh, it's just a charming movie. So yeah, I still enjoy it. Zach, well, this movie's already made a lot of money, so my opinion's invalid at this point. Um, I don't, I don't. Okay, Zach, I'll tell you what I think about it. Um, I don't, I don't think you have to, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, really, according to Letterbox, you didn't. Well, are you are you softening your blow because Brad's in the room? No, uh, grow a I, fucking <laughs> pair of balls. No, because I because I said because like I say. Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston are the reason to watch this movie. They are very talented. They play well off each other, and I like that Kevin Hart goes into a weird dramatic direction that I didn't think it was capable of. Um, but it's bogged down with a lot of cliche. The whole like problematic like narrative of like yeah, black guy enters white society, whatnot. Like this like these outdated narrative tropes where I'm just like, do we really need more of these? Like, there's probably better stories to tell right now. Um, it's not, I don't know. I mean, like, if you're in the mood for, like, a light, like, sappy film, then this is for you. But, yeah. I was a little iffy on it. Uh, I think I liked it just a little bit more than Zach. Not quite as much as Brad. And, in fact, it was uh, when it was over and I'm walking out and I'm driving here, I was thinking, like, man, I can't believe this is in, like, Brad's list. It doesn't seem like a movie that Brad... Um, well, it Brad also got story. points for being the Denver Film Festival and, okay. like, being the, like... the biggest one i saw so um but the leads are good I, i'm not the biggest kevin hart fan i actually laughed because um when he talks to nicole kidman nicole kidman's like eight inches taller than he is yeah um but uh the, the leads are good i mean i didn't think anything of the black guy going into white society i was more concerned with um uh here's a trailer for the upside you need to prove you're looking for work. I've been looking, trust me. Three signatures by tomorrow, or you can tell it to the judge. Tell me about a time when you worked hard to solve a problem. This morning, getting up. We're gonna find you someone you like. Let me be your arms and your legs. I love that. All right. Penthouse. You need to wait your turn. Relax, it's not a hold up. Just sign this one, please. How would I sign it? I don't know. Slowly. Well, don't your arms work? They don't. You can move your mouth. As can you. I need assistance. How much does it pay? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. 
my bad, man. You are not qualified for this position. The buckle! Buckle! Have you ever changed a catheter? No. Pinch the head, insert. Mm. I can't feel it. Oh. Well, I can. You want to feed your soul? Then listen to its clue. Think, think, think about what you're trying to do to me. It's amazing, ain't it? Sound just like it. Yeah, it's uncanny. He was Richard Jay-Z? No, Richard. Which car is yours? All of these to the right. Oh, my God. They're not practical. Exactly. You can have any girl you want. What about this lady with all the bow ties? I'll be perfect for each other. You can't move your body, she can't move her face. I specifically said nothing for my birthday. I'm sorry you gotta have a surprise party in your huge mansion. Some of us got real problems. I'm fighting to see my son. And whose fault is it? Is it yours or is the world out to get you? Are you mad? You wanna break this big ass bottle of wine? The ball. Ah, ah. What? Dell made a mess. I was more concerned with how it would come across, and it came across super cheesy to me. Uh, there's moments in it that are great. I like um, when, because it's more about them saving each other to me. Um, yeah. Where, because it took me a while to like Kevin Hart's character a long time because he was just a, a jerk. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, that's yeah, that's his arc because he yeah. starts like a failure as a father, and you know. Because you know that they're my my actual favorite scene is they spoil a little bit in the trailer is when they're breaking stuff, but they both have to admit that what the way they're living their life isn't a good way, and I mean you know, uh, Kevin Hart tells him you know you you have all these rich people and they're all here for you and poor you, which is you know I get that you know you're paralyzed and stuff and that's bummed me out too but, and then you know Cranston hit it was great when he said. You know, he put the onus back on um, Del Scott's character where he said, well, yeah, or who else are you going to blame for not seeing your kid or not taking care of your family? And like, I really loved that part. Uh, the other stuff is just too cheesy for me. Um, yep. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. The, the, the part where like he steals the book at the beginning, I'm like, oh, that's probably going to like drive a wedge between you him know, later yeah the one thing i did like about that though is they didn't linger on it you know and he says everybody makes mistakes and books are meant to be read yeah. um you know and his, his turn suddenly though to not like kevin hart was because he made him go out to that restaurant and actually i thought that scene was really like sad too where he spent all this time corresponding with his this lily lady mm-hmm. and when oh, she gets there yeah. and she realizes and uh juliana margley plays it great that's her right yeah Juliana yeah. Margulies. yeah and she plays it great where she does, and it's shot really well. Where she realizes everything she's going to have to do to be with this man, and it it's easy for her. It was easier for her to get over it because probably because he's wealthy, and of who he was. Because if it's just you know a normal person, unfortunately, I think people won't be that willing to seek someone out and continue to seek them out. Because yeah. his money also defines him too. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, like, so I saw the original Intouchables in theaters. Like, Brag. So, <laughs> well, that was the only, that's the only way I did see it. Like, if, if I saw it on DVD, I would have said I saw it on DVD. Um, but, like, the reason for me that, like, that film works better than this is, like, because the stories are essentially the same, but because I don't know who these actors are in the original, it kind of, like, added something to it like i was experiencing something different but i know cranston hart kidman margulies all these guys so like not everybody's fitting into the right part of the puzzle for me and like and part of it's that recognition but hart is the most impressive out of all the cast because i think he's doing a lot with not very much in terms of like growth and development with the character outside of his main arc like there's a lot of great stuff about like him dealing with his family, but we really want to focus on him and Dell. So like it's already two hours and six minutes. What's the difference adding like 10 more minutes of him? Like, like having like issues of whether or not he might like go back to a terrible life or whatnot. Like, cause they're, they, they sprinkle in moments of that with, with the drug dealer that hangs out outside of the apartment complex that his family lives in. But you know, it's like it's underdeveloped. Like it doesn't really pay off. Like it seems like they they cut away from something that might be of like some kind of dramatic interest. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like and also like it's just it. Like I said, the cheese factor in this is very very overwhelming for me. Um, and I, I can I, I think it's there are there are moments where it's not, but I think it's saved um, by the performances by the two leads. Mm -hmm. And also I think, like I said, the dinner scene where it focuses on, like, I, I love the shots where it's, um, you know, there's something on his jacket and then the Lily character realizes that, Oh, I have to clean this up. Cause he can't do it. I have to, then it cuts to the steak. I have to cut up the steak cause he can't do it. I think that's where this movie is actually redeems itself, um, for it. So, um, Yeah. I mean, I also like the part where, uh, you know, the heart like makes his, his, his own art. Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah. And then the, uh, Frank Cranston gets the, the other Coleman. I know that he like, was in 24. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His effing name. He's in a lot of, he's, he's always like a Something little Tate. Big, yeah. Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's like screwing around with him was kind of fun. Like, it's just fun. Like yeah. just a character. I mean, he turned like, his life around really fast. Um, he went from you know getting fifty grand to be able to buy his ex-wife and kid a house and start a motorized wheelchair company. Yeah, I think it takes place over like a whole year. Yeah, it's, it's just not. Well, well, remember it says six months late earlier. Yeah, so it's, this is all uh, this is all within the span of six months. Oh, you're right. Wow. Mm -hmm. hmm. But don't worry, they're friends to this day. What a weird way to end it. It's reminding me a lot of Unbreakable. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's a nod to the it's because it's, Cause it's, it's a French movie. A, yeah. yeah, and it's based on a true story. So. Yeah, I get it. And yeah. it, you know, I, actually, I think um, I've actually liked Nicole Kidman lately. I think she's actually pretty good in this movie. Oh yeah, where she, uh, you know, she starts. She's very protective of him, and then you realize that the protection is because she actually loves this guy. Yeah, it's, it's one um, of the few films I've seen her where she's using her accent. Like, yeah, using her actual voice. She's not really like putting on an American affect to it, which is interesting. Yeah. You weren't here last week, but I saw Destroyer. I was check here it last out. week. What? I, yeah. I did like moments of this film the way they were I remember you talking about Destroyer. I should see it. Oh, my God. What's wrong with my memory? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, I liked portions of this film, like the way they were shot. Like they kind of reminded me of the original film too. Like, and they like hit it pretty perfectly. Like there, there's some shots of like Kevin Hart, like when he's opening up the blinds and stuff like that. I just thought it was a beautiful yeah. looking shot. I, I think it's um, saved by the cinematography and the directing. I mean, there's, it drags me, but you know, here's the thing is it reminds me a lot of actually Aquaman where I'm watching like this movie is okay, but the audience I was with loved it. And yeah. I, I saw oh, it. We didn't talk about the kissing oh, couple. Boy. At our screening. Ugh. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but, you know, I saw it at AMC Littleton, and it was in their biggest theater, and I I always get the second row because I actually like how they're staggered there. Um, so yeah. the second row, I, I get engulfed with the f- screen, and there's a big enough space. I don't care if someone sits behind me. Um, no one was in front of me or in my row, but every other row was full. I mean, this is like 10, I think it's, well... 1050 and then on a Saturday morning on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning and it was it was full and I mean everybody was laughing they couldn't control themselves when he was trying to put the catheter in and it was funny <laughs> yeah we uh we went to a 940 well he obviously he saw it before but we he saw it again with me 945 at the Highlands Ranch last night and uh to the left of us was a couple who was very much in love very Aww. much devoted to each other to the point That's of so adorable talking Rubbing each other's chests, kissing each other. Were they rubbing each other's ears? Because then that'd be like I know, don't know. The only the, the only time we kept turning to try to make the guilty face to them was when we heard them clearly making sounds. Yeah. The last time I turned, like her hand was inside his shirt yes. on his chest, and I'm just like, "Well, okay. I mean, I guess this is what we're doing today." But like, I mean, like I don't have a problem with that in theory, but it's just like find a way to like go to the front row or something like that. Mm. Like, it's like I got news for you guys. It's either the drive-in, so you can get into your car and do that on your own business time, or the front row where no one can really see you. So, I mean, AMC has that whole bottom row for handicap where it's like the wall completely obscures. Yeah, you, everything. nobody sees you, and they yeah. don't do theater checks at AMC, so it's not like it's a big issue. Also, my question for that couple was: so, what was turning you on? Was it Brian Cranston in the Getting wheelchair? His ears <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ryan. Um, question if i just get up and pour my soda on people like that will mm-hmm. i go to jail you can it's considered harassment okay i wouldn't do it brad it might be worth it what if i pour <laughs> popcorn on them um if you'd be like oops <laughs> you have to prove intent you have to you have to qualify with oops <laughs> so if i yell fuck you right in front yeah. of pouring the popcorn well then you can also intent. get disorderly conduct for that one hmm. but they'd have to want to charge you for it how is talking during the movie not harassment because um, it's ruining my experience. It is, but uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, oh, it's on private lawyered. property. <laughs> maybe because it's on. I should, pri- I should jo- I join the bar. You should <laughs> maybe because it's on private property. The movie theater would have to be the ones that complain and file the complaint against them. Hence the Alamo rule. So AMC has to complain about me pouring popcorn on that guy. Mm, yeah. Well, who's gonna so if I pour and run out, they exit really fast. Well, they won't know who it is. Sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. The phantom douche. <laughs> a serial movie harasser. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, disorderly conduct is causing a disturbance in a public place, and it can be on private or public property. So it's a crime against a person, so that person would have to want to press charges against you. So if you did it really fast and ran out the door, you'd be like, Abandoned. What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think they would because they'd be too busy still making out. <laughs> yeah. Nothing interrupted them. Nothing. That's why you just take like a little piece of ice out and just throw it at them. And then you just keep on watching the movie. <laughs> Isn't that assault, though? No, because they'd have to say it hurt. No, that's ice. <laughs> it lands in their eye. And like, that's, ah. So that falls in harassment, too, if they don't say it hurts. and you can. So harassment is strikes, shoves, and noise alarms. 
such a complicated world. And then the guy gets paralyzed, and that's like the movie. And then yeah, yeah what a weird. Then you're some villain guy. Yeah. Um. And then I have to get a job taking care of that guy, or otherwise I lose my kids. <laughs> I like that mobile joke. Don't yeah. touch that. It's expensive. Yeah. Isn't it a mobile? It's supposed to move. <laughs> well, y- uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Granson's really good. Yeah, he's been good for. I mean, I loved him in Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> yeah, he's great in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen. Some it. of us I'm haven't sure seen you it. Watch. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see him be really good, maybe you should watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> that's that's the key. Yeah, yeah maybe I'll watch Malcolm in the Middle again. <laughs> watch him be start as a nice guy and become a really shitty guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. just watch him. Uh, watch, just watch his episodes of Seinfeld. I think that's enough. <laughs> uh, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we're seeing the Lego Movie, the second part. Yep, Lego Movie Two, the second part. And uh, yeah, that'd I already be saw it. I know. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> I know. You guys can go f yourselves. I got tickets to see Alita next week on Wednesday, and I can't go now. So, because mm. Detroit, Bummer. I see that early too. Detroit today. Yeah, Lego Movie. Yep. Right on. Well, hopefully, you'll snap together with the other. Boo! One. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Yep. I hope you're. I hope you have peace of mind. Oh, see you in the movies. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day. <laughs>